Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another Common Sense Uncensored. And as always, I want to make sure that you understand that you too can advertise on Grand Fork's Best Source, and you can follow us on Rumble, and that way you'd be able to see your own commercial. And that's across the state of North Dakota and across Minnesota. We go out everywhere, and you can do that by calling 701-213-0863. And you can have your ad on Common Sense Uncensored or any one of our other fine shows that we've got. And my guest today is Charlene Nelson. And Charlene, you're from Castleton, correct? That's right. North of Castleton. North of Castleton. Yeah. So you're another rural rural liver like me. So you're you're enjoying this cold weather, aren't you, dear, in this nice oh, high yeah. wind? This... <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I met in sort of a roundabout way. I wrote a letter to the editor that got published, uh, paraphrasing, Twas the Night Before Christmas, Phenomenal. Yep, utilizing utilizing property taxes as the theme because I had once again gotten nailed with property taxes. Now my husband and I are blessed. We took the hit, but in three years we've gone from a little over eight hundred dollars to a little over twenty six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that to me, no one should have to take that hit. I don't care if you're blessed or not. But it's also opened up my life because I had quite a few people contacting me after that, and I. I always knew it was a problem for everyone, but wow, the fact that a small little letter, less than 300 words in a, in a local newspaper could cause that much of a response to me was phenomenal. And you were one of the people that reached out. So I happen to know that you have some property tax stories as well. And I know Castleton is being eyed because Fargo uh, wants to expand. And so they've got their eyes on chewing up more and more and by annexing annexing more and more places. And that could eventually end up involving Castleton and stuff. Am I correct in that? Well, there's certainly Castleton is considered a bedroom community. Right. Um, you know, a good portion of our of the population of Castleton works and does all their business, everything in Fargo. Um, so in that sense, yes, Fargo has a lot of influence over Castleton. As far as being annexed. It's 20 miles away. I kind of think that that's quite a bit down the road, quite a bit down the road. That's going to be years and years away. But um, certainly right now, the influx of um, people buying new homes, building new homes, uh, just so that they can commute back into Fargo um, has really affected property values out in this area. And so with that, that means that your homes, similar to mine, in three years can go from $800 to $2,600 because that was the valuations. That wasn't the mills. That quote there was, well, your property is now valued at, and I'm like, uh, haven't hammered a nail in three years, folks. What the, what, you know, and (laughs) now you told me a story where you actually tried to go through the process that they told me I could go through, which is to... Talk to everybody, and you had to jump through not only one hoop but several. Because didn't you have to talk to the the county, the school board, or give me that story? Because yeah. let me know. Because well, we talked, and that was interesting. Yeah, so we got the letter that I'm sure. Well, I know hundreds, if not thousands, of others around the state got in October um, of 2022 saying that our property tax value was going up another 20%. Now, keep in mind that two years prior to that, it had gone up 60%. And the year after that, it had gone up 10%. So our property tax has gone up um, 75 80% in the last three years. 
and the values alone. Right. And so, so we lodged a complaint with our township. We attended the township tax equalization meeting. Um, and that was an exercise in futility. There was basically, they said, you know, it's a done deal. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, so that pushed us up to the next level of appeal, which was the county. And so um, we, we told the, the township that we were going to appeal it to the county. It's not clear on the letter. You get a letter that says, here's what you do. You attend these meetings if you want to protest. So um, the, the county um, tax equalization meeting was to be held on June 5th. And so I, the morning of June 5th, it was going to be a busy day anyway. So I called the county just to make sure, like, do I understand this right? I can show up. I, is there a list? Do I have to sign up? What do I have to do to make sure that I can lodge my protest at this uh, tax equalization meeting? And they transferred me, you know, to this person. That, anyway, finally, this person got, he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, yes, this is the tax equalization meeting today, but... Until I have reassessed your property, they can't make any decisions on what they're going to do with your taxes. So I have to first reassess your property to make sure it was assessed correctly. And so I said, so we don't come to the meeting today? And he said, no. Well, he says, you can come, but it won't do any good because no decisions are going to be made. They can't even look at your case until I've done this reassessment. And so I said, okay, let's do the reassessment. So instead of going to that meeting um, that day, my husband decided instead to um, pick up some parts of Castleton to uh, fix one of our, our pickup. And then he, he ended up being in a pretty serious accident. So the next few weeks of my life was consumed with Absolutely. not only caring for him and his, his injuries and, and the hospitalization and everything, but then trying to get our property reassessed at the same time. So we set up a meeting, he came out, and, and I promise you, he did not move more than six feet away from his car. Wow. He never came inside, he never looked at any of the outbuildings, one of which is over 100 years old. Um, he didn't look at anything. He pulls out a picture from two or three, four years ago, and he says, well, it looks like you have a new roof. And I said, yes, and? <laughs> that's, not, that's not an improvement, that's called maintenance. Exactly. And, and that was the only thing you could tell me. Well, you have, you have a new roof. And I said, you know, that's not a reason for, for this huge increases. Well, yes, because there's all these homes being built, you know, five, ten miles away, and that influences your property values. And I said, okay, but here's the difference. Those homes are on blacktop. They're on paved roads. Ours, you have to go five miles of gravel to get to our house. Surely that affects your property value compared to others that are, you know, the, the, the $350,000, $500,000 homes that are being built four or five miles away. Anyway, long story short, I finally got to speak to the uh, Fargo Tax, or Fargo Commission, well, I'm sorry, the Cass County Commission. Okay. Uh, and from the very beginning, I could tell it, it, it was, the deal was done. There was nothing I could have said that would have um, influenced them. Our property, for example, um, in our township, had the highest increases wow. of any other properties in the township. And that includes those who are on paved roads. Theirs did not go up near as much as ours did. Um, but they didn't 
they said, no, you know, it stays. So um, we could have appealed it to the state, but I figured a trip to Bismarck just to be told that, you know, the decision's already been made. I, I didn't see any any um, good would come out of that. So we ended up, we wrote our check just a couple weeks ago to the Cass County for, for our property tax. Now, the thing that you mentioned is the same thing that bothers me as well. It's it's so arbitrary. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to why this house is valued this much, this house is valued that much. And then what we what we were also dealing with is the wonderful thing called specials. And with your you've got a lot of new houses that are being built in Castleton, as you noted. And I know a lot of those are coming with TIFs, tax increment financing. So they're getting property taxes quite frankly, um, pushed back, which means someone's going to have to pay for that. Plus, those people are bringing in tons of specials that you're having to pay for as well, correct? Um, Well, we personally don't have specials. But yes, in some of these cities, uh, specials are a huge thing. And yes, it does get passed. Whatever isn't getting paid by the land developer, the property owner, whoever's not paying that property tax... That gets shoved to the rest of the property tax. Uh, I'm sorry, property owners. Right, and I know that the that the problem is we live rural and we actually have specials. And what our special was, uh, I didn't even understand that they used an acronym, and I can't remember what it is right now, unfortunately. But what it is is they uh, you have to pay for them to have somebody go around and compare all the other properties so that then they can figure out what your valuation is. Yeah. It's snagging. That's it. Snagging. Yeah. And yeah. and and that came through and that was like fifteen hundred dollars. It's it's you, you get it's to pay nuts. for the privilege of having your property tax increase. Yes. Every time I turn around, they're finding some way to 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 quite frankly shaft us. And yeah. it, sooner or later, whether you're blessed or not. You're not going to be able to afford this. And with the amount of inflation and the cost of uh, everyone's saying, oh, well, look, we're doing so well. Gasoline's down. And I'm going, "Uh uh-huh. It's an election year. Wait for it because it's going to go back up. And even though gasoline is down, that hasn't reduced my price at the grocery store any. And so I'm looking at heat, food, water electricity hey hey and then you then around christmas time you get hit with this huge oh and by the way but then they're going to tell you oh but we have a solution yeah and that was that coupon that i saw that that fell out of my uh my property tax filing uh thing that said oh but but wait we have a relief for you you can get up to five hundred dollars like I used to tell my students, okay, up to, what does that mean? What hoops do I have to jump through to qualify for up to $500? And is there an income cap? Whatever the deal is. And none of that was explained. Then I also found out that the $500 is on next year's taxes. Well, if my increases keep going, that $500 is going to be adjusted for because what I found is it's either the assessments or the mills. 
And we actually had school boards coming out and saying, okay, here's the deal. We're not raising the mills this time because because of your assessments, we've got all the property tax money we need for our schools. To which I'm going, I'm supposed to be happy about that? Did you see anything like that in your area as well where maybe you got the mills reduced or the stayed the same, but your property taxes still went through the roof? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, our property taxes more than doubled. Um, see, I, I worked on the 2012 uh, property tax measure, measure two in 2012. And at that time, um, the amount of property tax they collected statewide was um, was about not quite a billion dollars. Um, now... Uh, I should check. I don't know what it is now. It's quite a bit more. It's than a that. lot more than that. Yeah, but then they had this great big buy down. They said we're going to buy down half of your taxes, and <laughs> everyone did see their taxes reduced for a couple of years, and then they just started creeping up and creeping up. Right now, and the twenty uh, so far, they have spent in the last five bienniums, I believe, um, one point six billion to reduce property taxes. And meanwhile, all of us are seeing our property tax go, go up. up. I don't know about you, oh. but I can't afford any more property tax relief. No, and if they keep going up this way, it won't be long before I will have to sell my house. But I keep saying, yeah. to who? Yeah. Because the minute so you, this, you get your property so taxes, point, will raise. Yeah. So there's $1.6 billion in property tax relief. Where do you think it came from? Yep. It came from us. We paid for our relief. We paid $1.6 billion to get property tax relief, only to see our property tax double Correct. in that same amount of time. We're going to continue with this. I have to take my first profit margin break for executive properties. And Paul, if you could take it away for me. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Thank you, Paul. Okay, let's get back to this because I agree with you. I think we're in a trench. They assured us, because I remember in 2012, they assured us, do not vote for the property tax relief uh, that, that's we'll on the ballot because we'll fix it for you. And yeah. yet here we are. And so how do you answer people then? And I get this a lot. Well, if we re- eliminate property taxes, how are we going to pay for everything? <laughs> You know, the state has um, 31 different taxes. Yes. I'm sure they can find one, one more to pay. The, the, the difference between this, these 31 taxes and the property tax is you lose your property if you're unable to pay. All the other taxes are based on your ability to pay, and they do not threaten your homeownership. So let's go ahead and pay. You know, we may have to invent a new tax or or just increase sales tax or something else. 
We are going to have to pay for those services, but let's not put our houses at risk in order to pay for those services. Well, and they have a surplus. When Dougie Burgum was yeah. was running for president, I actually have a video. If anybody wants to IM me, I will send it to you. <laughs> uh, yes. Where he was crowing about the fact that we have so much surplus money, he had to open up another account. So he had a place to put it. And I'm like, yeah. but heaven forbid that it should go back to us. Yeah. See, that's the thing I don't understand. It's, it's, and they, I love my other phrase that, that they keep throwing at me is, well, what are we going to do if a, a rainy day comes? I'm sitting here going, I'm experiencing a rainy day right now, people. Could you help yeah. us out? And nobody well, seems to be listening. And, and that's an important point because whose rainy day is more important? Yep. You know? No, um, I think if if you're the one facing this mountain of bills or, or some disaster or something, um, your crisis is far, far more important to you than, you know, whether there's a, a, a bus stop on Main Avenue or, or, or whatever. Um, if someone has to be doing the belt tightening, yep. it should start government. I agree with you before, wholeheartedly. Before families have to reduce their expenditures before families have to examine you know how they're spending their money the state should first and 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 local governments should first be the ones to um prioritize and reduce spending in order to relieve taxpayers but they don't seem to be getting it they're tone deaf because they keep telling us how selfish we are that we don't want to give more more money to the schools where our children don't learn more money for this more money for that and and yet i every time every time i look at a budget i've never seen it reduced no they they, they don't have any eraser on their pencil so well, here's a, a shocking example of the unfairness seen in the North Dakota State Board of Equalization minutes from October of 2023. Property tax valuations were so incredibly unfair that the state had to step in. The state, uh, state I got to get my phone back here. The state forced Griggs County to decrease their valuation of small town businesses by 16% in Hanford, 29% in Binford, and a whopping 42% in Cooperstown. Binford residents also had their valuations decreased by 15%. Now, before you all get happy, wait for it, because here's the deal. The state found that they had to increase the rural residential valuation by 27%. And increase the rural commercial valuation by 40%. This is the stark example of this is all just pulled out of, out of somebody's ear. <laughs> Wanted to use another portion of the anatomy, but hey, let's try to keep this family friendly. I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at, and this is the State Board of Tax Equalization had to yeah. jump in here. This is nuts. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's, you know, one of the elements... You know, when we talk about what, what is a good tax, is there such thing as a good tax? We clearly need to pay for government services. So what is a good tax? Well, first of all, it needs to be transparent. You need to be able to understand how the tax is being generated, how the revenues are being generated. Second, is it something you're able to pay? You can't get blood out of a turnip. Right. You know, so are the people able to pay it? And third, is it equitable? Does everyone pay an equitable amount. In other words, we're not making, uh, you know, one particular person pay, you know, 30% when everyone else pays 5% or, or whatever. And um, then fourth, is it, tra- is it comprehensible? Can you understand it? Correct. 
And on all four of those areas, property tax fails, not just a little bit, hugely fails. And that to me, and then, and then again, like I said earlier, your house is on the line. And the fact that we have a tax that is inequitable, not transparent, capricious, and punitive. And as a result, people are losing their homes. They are. Makes this, to me, the most evil tax there is. Everybody says that when I, when I say that they're losing their homes, that I'm exaggerating. But I've talked to people that I know are balancing on the edge of a razor. And you said that there's been quite a few foreclosures just in Cass County. Um, yeah, I asked Cass County, and I looked theirs up. They had, um, I believe it was around 15 or 16 people who received notices that their properties were at risk of being foreclosed on. And out of those, um, there was only one or two that actually did have their properties um, put up for sale. But they got a warning shot. Yeah. And then I looked up for Grand Forks County, and there was about 72 properties that received notice that they were delinquent and in danger of losing their um, properties. Out of those, the county, when I talked to the county auditor, she said, well, we only foreclosed on three. Only. So, only three. Only So only so, three. But, but what that doesn't tell you, though, is out of those, like, say, 72 properties, for example, how many of them looked at their bank account and looked at what was due and said, I can't do it? And just sold the house, went ahead and paid the back taxes, but sold their house and moved into an apartment or a smaller place or, or whatever. See, that's the thing that the state doesn't measure, is how many people are selling their homes in order to go ahead and pay these taxes, but they can never own the home that they grew up in, that they raised their children in. You know, that is lost to them forever um, because the, the state made the cost of keeping that home too exorbitant. It's interesting you say that because I've seen all over the place in North Dakota a large, large corporations who are being offered TIFs, uh, increment financing, where the the property taxes and stuff are deferred. Uh, A lot of times then they'll come back sometimes with extenuating circumstances and get them deferred again. But they're usually larger corporations or larger businesses. There are the the epics who are building shopping malls and and water parks and parking ramps and everything else in Cass County. There are a lot of times they're they're contractors who are building in residential residential additions in smaller towns or whatever. And the way that they're doing this is is on tiffs. And it's said that that's okay because all of these entities are bringing in a better quality of life to the uh, surrounding people. And thus, you should be grateful that you get to pay for those extra taxes and stuff that they're bringing in because they're actually enhancing your life, not making it worse. What do you say to that? Yeah, well, you know what? Imagine how wonderful life would be here if nobody paid taxes, property taxes. And you imagine know, the mean, people if, that if, have if, moved. If, if, if it's wonderful to exempt you know, 10% of your properties from paying tax. Imagine what would happen if you exempted 100%. We'd all be doing really well, wouldn't we? Well, and a lot of these larger corporations or developers can really afford, quite frankly, and I don't want this to be a class war, but they can afford to take that hit more than the little people are. For example, 
uh, Kilbourne Industries, uh, Kilbourne LLC, whatever it is, happens to be directly uh, an arm of Doug Burgum and is literally owns downtown Fargo. And I know downtown Fargo was developed on TIFFs. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of tax uh, abatements and, and tax incentives there. Yes. Renaissance zone. Yeah. Um, the, and the truth is, um, you know, what, for every property that is exempt, for whatever reason, um, that's more that goes on to those properties who are paying their taxes. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is th- this isn't going away. You're not going to be able to tinker around the edges. You're not, not going to be able to come up with some reform. Um, at, at the end of the day, this is our money. The question is, should our homes be held hostage to the funding process? So you'll be able to keep your home, but we also still have to take a look at the wonderful dynamics of something else. And even though you don't pay them, a lot of other people do, and they're the specials. And I know there's a big discussion going on right now in Fargo about raising it from the people having to pay 16% of the work done to 20% of the work done. So out of a hundred percent originally right now, you, whatever the cost of the project is, your specials would be 16% of that. And Fargo wants it to move up to 20 so they can continue to fix, repair the roadways and everything else. And I look at some of that and I see costs going through the roof. So they're going to say, well, that shows you that we need to increase your specials. But I also see a lot of crony capitalism going on in this bidding process. Yeah. Well, the truth is there's about a dozen things that are wrong with specials, starting with you don't get a vote on it. Yep. Um, Starting with that they're paying for things that the entire city uses, but the homeowner pays the bill. Um, There's just so many things that are wrong with specials. My hope is that once we get measure this this property current property tax measure onto the ballot and we vote it and pass it in November, that then we can turn our attention to specials. Because I agree, I think it is a horrific mess that does need to be addressed, um, but one thing at a time. I agree with you. And that's the same thing I thought, because uh, I have to admit, I'm passing around petitions, and the one thing somebody asked me about was specials, and I said, that's the next step. I yep. said, we need, to get, we need to get this on the ballot, we need to get it pushed through, and then we can sit back and go, one down. Yeah. Now let's look at what we can do about the specials. Because these people seem to be absolutely tone deaf. That's the only way I can put it. And they, they see nothing wrong with telling us, suck it up, buttercup, you can, you can do without. And then when they come back into legislation, they spend like drunken sailors on their first shore leave. I was raised with Marines and sailors. I can say that because I've seen it happen. And I'm just saying it's nuts. Yeah, it is. It is. And once again, it's the average homeowner, the everyday middle class, um, you know, uh, hardworking uh, North Dakotan that bears the bulk of of this spending. And um, we have to put a stop to it. Well, I know that when I looked at my property tax, the bulk of it went to the county and schools. And I noticed that everywhere. Everywhere, everybody's talking about building new schools, knocking down the other ones. The average age of a school in Fargo, who's actually currently looking, they're out pitching. God bless them. They're out. They're out put, pitching to the to everybody. 
Um, it's a 15-year process of anywhere between 500 to $675 million to fix their deferred maintenance and their educational budget. And, yeah. and yet, when I'm looking at everything, we're looking at declining enrollment and deficits. In other words, they're overspending. They've got less kids. They're doing a worse job fiscally. We won't even begin to get started in the educational capabilities. Let's stick with the fiscal for this show. But, I mean, they're spending hand over fist, but yet they're deferring maintenance. And yet enrollment's going down from when I was in the 70s was in high school, and we had the classrooms bursting at the seams. So I don't understand their rationale. Yeah, and and that's another um, reform that I would like to see as well. I know that a bill was introduced probably three or four sessions back that that started to address this. Um, you know, it started with uh, again, it's probably been fifteen years or more since um, Cass County had to build a new county, um, you know, buildings, new county courthouse, and so forth, um, because the old one just wasn't good enough. Then Fargo built a new city hall because the old one just was too outdated. And then all these schools, um, you know, that that get um, retired. Now, the schools actually are still being used by businesses. Some have been developed into apartment apartments and so forth. But for some reason, it's not good enough for the kids. We have to build a new school. Um, NDSU deferred repairs and the whole wall of this one building fell down. So now we have to replace everything. The problem here is that um, we have entrusted these buildings into our government to, you know, to first build and then maintain. Well, they're doing a great job on building. They're not doing a great job on maintaining. And so there needs to be, I think, the legislature needs to pass something that requires all political entities, you know, schools, parks, cities, counties, etc., to um, have a complete inventory of what's to be maintained and what the uh, and what the um, maintenance schedule is for each of these facilities, and ensure that they are staying up with their maintenance, so that we're not having to build a new building every you know thirty forty years. I agree with you totally, and I need to do one quick profit margin break for Redemption Shield. And I can tell everybody it's a great product. Go to gfbestsource.com and at the bottom of the homepage, you can click on the shield to order today. Don't forget to use GFBS as your extra coupon code and you will be happy with the results you get from the microwaves. Take it away, Paul. Have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. Start protecting yourself now. Go to redemptionshield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code GFBS and save 10%. Redemption. Okay, I want you to, we want to talk a little bit more about deferred maintenance because I think it's funny that they get to defer maintenance and then they have to build a brand new building on our backs, but you put on a new roof. (laughs) I'm just just seeing the irony in that. Yeah. And it automatically raises your property taxes. It makes, again, no sense. And I know that you're you're really working with uh, Rick 
Rick Becker, Dr. Rick Becker on this. Can you tell me a little bit more about the where people can go to find petitions, sign petitions, and how they can get involved? Yeah, if you haven't already um, uh, signed the petition, then go to uh, find someone who has it, has the petition, sign it, um, endpropertytax.com. Fantastic site. I'm just so, so impressed with what they've done with this site. Lots of great information on there. And you can download the petition itself yourself and go and get signatures. If you're going to take the, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 minutes it takes you to fill out your form to get your $500 up to $500 coupon, um, then take that same 10, 15 minutes and go get, you know, 20 signatures from your from your next door neighbors. Um, the if If everyone who got that notice in the mail that their property tax was going up an additional 10% or more um, last fall, if every one of those who got that would go and get 40 signatures, this thing would be on the ballot overnight. Absolutely. And, and it, 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 we're not asking anybody to sit out at a mall, put a table out or whatever. Get you can a, do that too if you, you want. You can. <laughs> I, I'm happy to do it. But, but I'm also yeah. one for the simple one, which is yeah. get a petition, Read the directions on what you need to do, and then go to your neighbors. 30 or 40, yeah. go and to church. Say, I mean, yeah. seriously. Right, right. And let me say this, you know, uh, please, please, please follow the directions. There's, yes. There's a set of instructions that come with it. Because we know that the Secretary of State is going to be going through this with a fine tooth, with a magnifying glass, looking at anything he can discard. So we want to make sure we have dotted all our I's, crossed all our T's, and, you know, fulfilled every single requirement to make this a legitimate uh, petition. As somebody who's been carrying the petition around, I, I understand because I'm telling everybody, fill out your full address. Make sure if it's if it's Walhalla, you spell out Walhalla. You can you can use ND. You don't have to spell it North Dakota, but make sure your zip code. Don't take any chances. Fill this bad boy out because they're gunning for it. And I can tell they're scared because of the way that my letter got responses from legislators and stuff as to, oh, but you, do you not know about the $500 credit? Oh, do you not know about the homestead credit? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I got all that. Me no dummy. Uh, it's just not enough. Yeah. And, and again, your house is still held hostage. Yes. You know, what, whatever they want to call this reform, it still holds your your home hot. You're still and, renting. And I think that that's the one thing we need to stop. You know, I once talked years ago when I was working on the 2012 uh, measure too. Um, you know, a lot of them said, well, how about if we just like cap everything or just set a flat rate? And I said, you know, if all I had to do was pay $25 a year on property tax, I would still be opposed to it because my home is being held hostage. It's not the fact that how, you know, little or big the bill is. It's the fact that my home is not mine. Right. You're renting. And you mentioned that 72 homes or what establishments were, were, were sent out warning letters and maybe only three had to sell up or, or be foreclosed on or whatever. But I have, you mentioned something very poignant to me when we were talking on the phone. You said, how many people losing their home or losing their small business is too many? Yeah. Yeah. To me, one is too many. Absolutely. Um, uh, Clearly, Grand Forks doesn't think three is too many. Yeah. Grand Forks County thinks that's just fine. Well, um, and especially when you have to consider the fact that it's always probably fine as long as it's not you. 
But sooner or later it will be. If things keep going this way, you may be blessed right now until it scalds you. And then you're going to turn around and go, well, why hasn't somebody done something about this? Uh, dude, we've been trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, right now I think, um, you know, the average middle class um, earner is getting caught between several rocks and hard places. You know, we have inflation. Right now we're in the middle of winter. That brings up higher, uh, you know, utility bills. And then at the same time, we're all expected to pay, pay this property tax. And we're just getting pressed from all sides. And I don't know what it'll take to get some people motivated and off their seats and get, getting signatures. But um, now's the time to do it. If you don't do it this time, I don't know that there will be another opportunity to rid ourselves of this evil, abominable Tax. Not the way that, that they're doing in the legislature. They're making the uh, initiative process so difficult, and they've been trying the last several times when legislature met in North Dakota to even eliminate the fact that we the people have a right to put something on the ballot. In fact, yeah. they were so incensed when they didn't get that one pushed through. They were not happy campers. And it's, it's all, you know, when someone hits me with, well, what about the children? In Minot, declining enrollment and deficits prompted the Minot School Board to look at cost savings. Oh, gasp, not that. Superintendent Mark, Mark Vollmer told the board Thursday that enrollment is down 100 students from this time last year. That amounts to one million less in state aid, which, by the way, is still our money, and which is compounded by a general spending deficit looming in the new year. There's a real possibility that an elementary school such as McKinley or Bell could be closed in response. And a demographer was consulted who reported further population decline could occur next year. We're seeing this decline Everywhere We're seeing consolidation of school districts in rural areas and everything else. This is not something that is going to go away. People are having less babies, yet we're still building everybody palaces while we're trying to tax them out of their homes. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, and, and, you know, if they want to say, you know, what about the children? I'll tell you who doesn't care about our children. The state legislature. Because the state constitution says that it's the state that is supposed to fund public schools 100%, and they don't. And it's because the state is not doing its duty that it has fallen to us, and we're losing our homes in the process. Which I firmly believe is what they want. Um, and I'll, I'll ju- put my tin hat at a jaunty angle, but I watched a, uh, a uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. video where he said the the plan, the grand plan, is that by 2030 they want BlackRock and some of the other larger corporations to own 60% of the residential homes in the United States. Yeah. We need to push back on this. North Dakota is in a wonderful position to lead the rest of the nation in a property tax revolution. I agree. I agree. And I also will tell you that the people that contacted me were not just from North Dakota. I got contacted by people from Minnesota, from South Dakota, and from many other areas. This is not just a North Dakota problem. And it's always funny how we want to be legendary. Well, this is a really good way to start. Be legendary, yes. Let's do it. Step up, download your petition. Yep. And you know what? You want a good return on your money? If you're paying, let's say, $3,000 in property tax, put just 10%, 300 of that. 
give it to endpropertytax.com. Donate it to them. Then when we abolish property tax, you will get 10 times return on your investment. And not just this year, but every year for the rest of your life. Exactly. And we're doing our best to get the word out here at Grand Forks Best Source. I know Rick's planning on doing some ads and stuff. But in the meantime, people have got to pay these property taxes. And uh, because nobody wants to lose their home. Nobody wants to be faced with having to sell or even worse, having the state sell it for you. And then if you're lucky enough that there's a little bit of profit, they're supposed to give it to you. <laughs> How many times has that occurred? I don't even want to know because I, my guess is not doggone many. But my point is, is that you've, you've been a uh, coordinator for a number of years. I think you told me 17 for people to be prepared. And one of the things that we also talked about when we got on the phone together was the fact that rolling blackouts, rolling brownouts, and a lot of other things coming with this Green New Deal are going to become standard. And that could mean, for many people, something similar to what my husband and I, and I know you did too, experienced in 1997 when we had the flood of the century. And we lost power for over two weeks. And we were left scrambling. And you are, they can call it prepping, they can call it whatever you want. But if you don't have a preparedness plan in place, you're being left behind. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're coming to a time in in our society that those who aren't prepared for the worst um, are going to be really hurting. It's going to be really, really dangerous, perhaps even. You know, I mean, think of this last weekend. If there had been a blackout anywhere in North Dakota this last weekend, how many? How would that have impacted the people of, of that area that, that had the blackout? Um, I shudder to think, you know, those with small families in a house with no heat when the wind chill is, you know, wind chill is, you know, minus 35. Um, that's a truly dangerous situation. And... Um, we can think of all sorts of, you know, disasters or calamities that might have happened. I mean, we, you know, you and I talked about the 96, 97 flood or winter and then the 97 flood. And I mean, that really impacted me um, dramatically. It just kind of totally reframed how I think about being prepared and, and what my lifestyle is going to be like. Um, but, you know, then there was the train derailment in Minot. Yes. There was train derailment and explosion in Castleton. Um, you know, the tornadoes uh, that, that we've had. That Went to Northwood, took out Northwood. Yeah, Northwood, yeah, Northwood tornado. Um, the Again, the Minot flood. Um, there's so many things that can happen that make us vulnerable. Um, and, you know, just like we need to work on getting rid of property tax right now, we also need to work on being prepared for some of these um, eventual calamities Um well, I spent 97 when when we had we were out without power for two weeks. First of all, it's amazing how many times you walk into a walk into a room and hit a light switch. Yeah. Even though you know that the, the lights are off and you still walk in and go click and go, oh gosh, all right. But our basement flooded because of course our sump pump stopped working. We were trying to yep. save the furnace, the freezer, and some other things. We were we were two of us had a bucket line of five gallon buckets and we were we were hauling buckets up the up the concrete stairs and out the door and dumping them and we kept the line going for quite a while because in your heart you're always thinking the power's going to go back the power's going to go away yep. and we did this for several days until we finally said we can't do it anymore and we held up our hands and we let it go 
Yeah. And, and then we were trying to figure out, all right, so what can we save? And, of course, in the meantime, you're trying to figure out how to eat. Because, right. again, you, no oven. You work. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> know, no warm water. Cold showers yeah. can be invigor- invigorating, but not for that long. All of the things that, quite frankly, we take for granted. And every time you, you heard about the things on the, on the news, it was, don't count on anything happening for your power anytime soon. So we need to do better. I'm going to do this last profit margin break for Over Heaven's Cakes, and then you're going to help us figure out how to do that. But I first need to tell everybody at Over Heaven's Cakes, there is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where Over Heaven's Cakes comes in. You'll find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasion or just a treat. Walk in to find out more, but I'm warning you, you aren't going to want to leave, and you won't leave empty-handed. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes, located on the north back side of the Grand City Mall. They're open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays from 9 to noon. Give them a call at 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253 or email them ohforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins at Oh For Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall, people. All right. We also talked a little bit about this because since 97, my husband and I have gotten much better at when crap happens. But when we were talking, you mentioned it's really not that difficult to start. How do you advise people to get started? Okay. I um, Well, first of all, let me tell you about my website which is providenthomecompanion.com. And um, I, have, uh, it, I have two sections. I have my recent post, but then I have the goals. And I ask people every month, just work on one or two things that you, know, you want to do to be more prepared. Now, I say, think of a three, 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 one. Three minutes, three days, three months, one year. So three minutes, you have three minutes to respond to a disaster. Say your house is on fire or something Mm -hmm. like that. What is your plan for that? Then um, three days, your house, let's say your house can't be lived in. So what are you going to do for the next three days? And then three months later, you know, what are you going to do to... to, um, to get back to normal, to get life back to normal. And so if you'll go to my website, uh, providenthomecompanion.com, I actually have two books on their ebooks, and they're little booklets, I should say. They're not like giant-sized books. Um, that the one is a three-day plan, and it helps you map out just those first three days after an, an emergency or disaster of some sort. It helps you pl- make, come up with a family plan. And then the other book is... Um, gets you through the three month and even maybe even into a one year plan as well. Um, and those are free. I want people to download those, use those, develop a family plan. That's the first step, develop a family plan. The second step is to have um, a 72 hour kit. And this is a kit of clothes, food, medicine, toothpaste, toothbrush, things that you'll need to get by with for 72 hours. Um, if, for example, there's a train derailment and everyone is told to evacuate, 
do you know what you're going to have when you get to that evacuation center? Are they going to be able to supply everyone's needs? What if you have blood pressure medicine or diabetes medications or something, you know, will you have that at this evacuation center? So it's nice that we do have, you know, FEMA and some of these other programs that will help us through disasters, but they cannot meet all of our needs. And if you remember Hurricane Katrina, yeah. people went to the disaster center, the evacuation center, the football stadium there, and sat for three days with no food or water because the disaster was so massive and, and impactful that they were over, their emergency services were overwhelmed and they couldn't meet the needs of all these people. Well, so I you always, need to be prepared for three days. I always tell people, here's the thing. Nobody takes better care of you than you. And, and, right. and, and relying on the government to, to be your sole source of survival, in my mind, even before I managed to uh, figure things out in, in what the reality is, is just in my personal stupid. <laughs> because yeah. who do you think is going to take better care of you and your family, especially if there's 100,000 people? somewhere yeah. that need to suddenly yeah. be taken care of. And yeah. and you have got to figure out how to take care of you. And if you're able to take care of yourself, guess what? There's a there's an altruistic thing to this too. They can move on then and help somebody else that doesn't know exactly. how. And exactly. that means you got it. So no, I don't need you. Go help them. I'm yes, good. Exactly. And and I that relieves that alleviates a lot of the strain, not just on you, but on somebody else. Right. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I've worked, again, in, in my um, position as, you know, emergency preparedness specialist um, for our church, for the region of our church's region. Um, but also, um, I reported for, to, for the Dakotan for a while and talked about uh, emergency preparedness there. And so I've talked to um, emergency preparedness uh, personnel, disaster uh, personnel, in several counties throughout the state. And they all told me the same thing. The most important thing that someone can do to help us out, to help us through a disaster, is to have that 72-hour kit, to have that supply of food and water and medication and whatever they need so that we don't have to worry about them, so that we can then focus on those who weren't able to, for whatever reason, um, you know, be prepared for, for, for an emergency. Exactly. So you're not only helping yourself, but you're helping your neighbors and, and, the, and your community as well. And... I see nothing wrong, quite frankly. I mean, everybody's going to go, oh, you're a prepper. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. But that's sort of like MAGA and the other, ooh, that's a bad word. You're a tinfoil hatter. No, dude. After those two weeks that I spent in 97, right. I think of what if. We have kerosene, old-fashioned kerosene lanterns. And yes, they're great ambiance if you need, but they also function if the lights go out. I've got light and I don't have to worry about, do I have enough flashlight batteries? What if they go dead? How long is this going to last? When we took a look at things, I, I'm the type of person that if there's an emergency, unless I absolutely positively have to evacuate, a train derailment, there's a cloud coming by or whatever, I'm staying in my house. Yeah. So I have For done my best to secure that. Yeah, for most of us, staying at home probably is the right choice. Um, but like you said, there are some exceptions, you know, floods and train derailments and, and you know, maybe some things like that. Um, but, but that's why you download this booklet that I have and you list out what are all the different potential disasters or crises we might face. And what will we do when we're faced with that crisis? Do we, 
You know, do we evacuate or do we stay at home? Do we have um, tape and plastic to cover the windows? Um, you know, in the case of a, a chemical spill, for example. Yep. Um, food. There, you know, do we have food? Now, see, and you're talking about, see, we all talk, uh, people, especially up in Grand Forks, talk about the flood of 97 because that was catastrophic. For, yes, for Grand absolutely Forks. it was. For me, it started in, in November of 96 when we had our first blizzard. And we had just moved to our home in the country. We were completely unprepared for the magnitude of that blizzard. And then to have 10 more follow it throughout that year, um, you know, we just felt so battered. And then, of course, each time everything closes down for two or three days. And even if, if Fargo opens up, it still takes the township another two or three days to get to our house. You, you bet know, it does. You bet it does. Right. And so and then the and then it all culminated in the big ice storm on April 6th and we lost power for 10 days. Um, we had two little boys at the time and same thing as you. We were bailing out the basement, you know, uh, trying to keep ahead of the, the, the flood waters coming into the basement. Um, and it did. It just completely ruined our thinking. I, we said never again, never again do we want to face that kind of stress. Of, of those repeated storms and then those and then that power outage. And so the very first thing we did is we bought a generator and we wired the house so that we can plug the generator in and, and it just um, you know runs the whole house. We don't have to plug in appliances individually into the generator. Correct. Um, and I have and I have an article in my blog that talks about how you can do that. Um, and then um, we got a wood burning stove so we have heat and a way to cook our food. And then we began, like, just creating what I call a super pantry. Um, preppers might call it your three-month supply. But it just makes sense to have an extra supply of food so that if the grocery stores do close down for, you know, two, three, four days. COVID. <laughs> COVID. Just, just yeah, mentioning you that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about how you're going to feed your family. And the nice thing about the super pantry for me right now is – I have, you know, this supply of, of extra food. I don't have to buy anything unless it's on sale. Yeah. And except for maybe milk and well, not eggs, I have chickens. But yeah, so except so for I. milk, um, you know, I don't have to buy anything unless it goes on sale. And so I'm able to keep my grocery bill down a lot more than someone who is having to buy week to week to week. Um, they're just gonna have to pay whatever the price is that week. And that folds right back into being able to afford everything, the property taxes and everything else. And that also makes sure that you're taken care of. So if you get hit by something, because a lot of people, I think, got their property taxes and stuff and we're like, okay, now how am I going to roll this into my budget? Because the vast majority of people right now are not only living paycheck to paycheck, but they're living on their credit cards. Right. And right. this That's doesn't... That's a very the, dangerous place to be. It is. That puts you in a very precarious position all it would take is one car accident to nudge you over the edge right and or or there a lot of people are downsizing Citibank just announced yesterday that it's it's letting go 20,000 people yeah you you may I mean I know it's a hiring situation right now there's people looking for jobs but you may be without a job for a little bit can you feed your family yeah yeah and let me tell you so one of the things I did was last year I held a series of webinar classes five weeks um, and I, I invited couples 
obviously if you're not married or or your spouse isn't really interested in this that was fine but most of the people who attended were couples and there's one young couple um who contacted me in november and uh told me that we had done these classes in january so this was like 10 months later told me that they started following the the booklet that i have the workbook that helps you through your three month and your one year plan and they had started to accumulate a nice uh, super pantry for three months food storage. They had started to put money into savings and, and do everything that this booklet, you know, walks you through step by step. And then um, in July, he lost his job. And for about almost three months, he had, they had no income. Well, they had her income, but it wasn't near what, what his was. But they were able to weather that storm just fine. Because they didn't have to go grocery shopping. Yep. They had they had already laid, laid aside, you know, a, a supply of food, a, a little store of food, and they had their savings. And three months later, he did get another job. Everything's fine. And they're starting to rebuild again, everything that they had done the previous 10 months. But to me, it just really illustrated how um, important it is to prepare for any eventuality that you can. Now, you can't prepare for every last one, you know, like an alien invasion or <laughs> meteor strike or something. Now stop talking about the uh, the Texas border, would you? I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry. But, but, but we can prepare for the most common disasters that we might encounter. Yes. Like a fire, a blizzard, you know, a power outage, you know, that kind of thing. And those are the things that we should be preparing for. And and if you want to call that prepping, go ahead. I'm fine. I like you. I'll wear. I'll wear I, the label. I, off, I got. I've got really thick skin because if you if, if you want to call me names, go for it. You know, not offended. Don't care. Knock yourself out. But yeah. I, to me, it's common sense, especially yes. living in the era that we're living in right now. Uh, yes. you're, you're, you're getting your property tax bill, or and I, we forgot to mention this. I just want to throw it in because we're almost done. We got two minutes left, but. Uh, when my evaluations increases, guess what else increased? My insurance. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm getting hit from all sides here. And they aren't allowing you to decide that you're going to undervalue your home. They're yeah. telling you what you're going to insure your home for based upon the valuation. And if you have a mortgage, it's even worse. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just something that, that more folks need to be looking at. They need to be looking at what life I- expenses are. And what you can do yourself rather than just relying on the government to take care of you when crap happens. Because we are moving into a time when I believe there's going to be crap happening a lot more frequently and with a lot more severity than ever before. Yeah. And like you said, the government really can't take care of you and meet your needs. If you care about your family and your family's well-being... You need to be prepared for those eventualities. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Could you do me two special favors? We're just about out of time. Would you once more tell people how they can get to the end property tax? And then would you once more mention your blog prepping website, please? Sure. Property tax is really easy. Endpropertytax.com. It's that easy. And they can download the petition and find everything there. Uh, so much information. All those hard questions your neighbors are asking you, it's on that website. Awesome. And then if you want to be prepared and you want to download some free books to help you, you know, m- m- map out your preparedness plans, mm-hmm. go to ProvidentHomeCompanion.com. 
Awesome. Well, Charlene, it's been a fast hour. I mean, it went quick. It blew right by. And I hope you have the opportunity to come on and and, uh, and we'll talk again, especially as we get closer to seeing if that makes it on the ballot. Please, dear Lord, let it allow. Because if we make it to the ballot, and that's all this does, this petition does, is get it on the ballot, then it gives more people the opportunity to have a little bit more of that control over their lives, like we just discussed with the prepping. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, more right. than you know. I'm going to tell everybody it's one, another one in the can. Common Sense Uncensored. God bless. Take care. Stay warm. It's doggone cold outside. Bye-bye. Okay.